Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button if you have not already done so, so that you can stay up to date on all of the great episodes of the show as they come out. But today's a very special episode. I don't always say that, but Adam Harridan is a good friend of mine, someone who I've been in a mastermind group with for over a year, and we've both been in the early stages of building a digital brand, starting an online business, and just, you know, really rerouting the path that our careers and lives are traveling down and have spent countless hours talking, strategizing, giving advice, networking, sharing information with each other. And I'm really excited that I finally got the opportunity to have him on the show, to tell his story, and to share him with you guys. I've referenced the mastermind a few times in previous episodes, but never him specifically and never to the depth that we get into with this interview. He's a forager. He's a naturalist, very interested in wild foods and nutrition. But a lot of his story isn't about that specifically. It's about following your passion. It's about going for it. It's about the work and the research and the time that it takes to become a respected authority and expert in your space and something that I think anyone can really learn a lot from. So please make sure you check out his website, learnyourland.com. And he's a really fascinating dude and I want to let you get to it. So here's my interview with Adam Harridan. Hey, thanks for inviting me, Aaron. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking here for like 25 minutes. It's uh, kind of awkward to actually start the recording. I was I was thinking about maybe just like starting to record and not even really telling you and just continuing to talk. But I yeah, I didn't I'd, know you hit the record button. I figured I'd let you know. I that guess we're, we're live. We're getting started. Um, so as I mentioned in the intro that you didn't hear, uh, one of the titles that you carry is a forager. And when we met before we were... Uh, mastermind buddies i had absolutely no idea what that word meant um or that that could even be a career i'd heard of naturalism i'd heard of other titles or interests that people could have in that space but to start things off i think it's really important that you get the chance to just elaborate on what you do talk a little bit more about your passion for wild food and just explain maybe how you've actually kind of turned that into a profession a little bit. That may be a big question. Yeah, it's a big question, but I'll do my best. Yeah, you yeah. kind of remind me what some of those questions were. Uh, so you asked what the definition of foraging is or what a forager is. And that is a good question because sometimes I forget that perhaps I live in my own little world sometimes. And not everybody is as passionate about foraging or really knows what it is because it is kind of a unique hobby activity or even a passion. But it is a passion of mine. So I'll say that right off the bat. Foraging essentially is going out into your backyard, into a park, into a wild place, although not too many wild places exist in the United States right now, and looking for food or looking for medicine. And I know that seems kind of vague in and of itself, but it's essentially plants that might be edible or plants that are medicinal that human beings can use for food, for medicine, even for utilitarian purposes as well, for cordage. Uh, materials for building fire, that kind of thing. And I got into it because I was just interested in 
trying to take care of myself, trying to be as healthy as I could possibly be. And I realized that a lot of the foods that are being sold today aren't exactly ideal for human beings. And as I dove deeper into nutrition, I realized that some of the most nutritious foods out there were foods that weren't necessarily being grown intentionally by human beings. They were the ones that were literally just coming up as weeds in our backyard. So that's how it started for me. And it's just been a crazy ride ever since. And you studied nutrition in school? Correct. Um, Yes, I studied nutrition. I actually uh, went to school for something else and did something else for a couple years of my life. Then I went back for nutrition. And I'm still really passionate about it as well. And we didn't really learn a lot about this. And so on my own time, I started diving deep into the research on the foods that aren't necessarily in the food pyramid, or they call it the food plate right now, but foods that are just literally growing out there for free that are edible. They're just as edible as the ones you can find in the grocery store. It's just, it takes a shift of perspective to see them as foods and not just as disturbances out there or just things that the animals eat or just things that the land needs. It's things that human beings can use as well. Absolutely. And and I think another part of just making this relatable to someone who isn't familiar with the foraging space is uh, there's definitely the conversation about hunter-gatherer cultures and how, you know, for years and years, that's how humans subsisted. There weren't grocery stores. We know we know that whole tale. And when someone says a hunter-gatherer culture, you can immediately picture in your head what a hunter is because people still hunt in a very public way. Like people, people know or I can at least imagine what that experience is like. It's either dramatized in a movie or explained by their uncle or something to that effect if they're not doing it themselves. Foraging, while definitely kind of a, a trend on the rise, there's more and more people kind of coming back to this style of finding their nutrition, finding their food, isn't as prevalent. Why do you think that's something that's kind of been lost and you're so passionate about teaching other people how to refine it? That's a great question. I think it's only really being subdued in our culture here in the United States. If you look at other cultures around the world, a lot of them are still practicing this. And even if you go into more rural areas in the United States, a lot of people are still doing this. If we would just speak to our grandparents or if we could to our great-grandparents, even some of our parents might remember, you know, going out and, yeah, picking dandelion greens to throw into the salad or picking some dandelion flowers or picking some weed that was growing in the garden and adding that to the salad as well. I think it's just because, as you said, you know, grocery stores are pretty new. I'd say in the past 100 years only, maybe in the past couple of decades, have they really started blossoming? And you see grocery stores everywhere now. Even gas stations are selling food right now. But I think that there is a shift occurring right now as more people are looking to eat local, more people are looking to eat organic, free-range, non-GMO. I mean, it's your personal preference, whatever you want to do. It just seems that's the way that our culture in the United States is going right now. And as we get back to this, you know, farm to table movement, getting back to the land, that kind of thing, it seems like this is what is taking off right now because of that. Uh, It fits the bill for all of those. You eat in season, you eat local, you eat organically. All of that encompasses foraged foods. I think it's only been lost in the past couple of generations. I mean, like I said, if we would go back even to just our great grandparents' generation, we would see that it was still pretty common. But as we look around the world, cultures are still practicing it as well. And if we do a lot of traveling, we would see that as well. Yeah. And so while you paint a very clear picture of, you know, how you're getting your nutrition, how you're feeding yourself, this is something that you're also teaching other people and uh, left a previous job to really make your your career, your 
entrepreneurial enterprise. How have you gone about doing that? And what are you kind of doing on a day-to-day basis as a professional naturalist? Yeah, that's interesting because people do ask, what do you do? And there's that million dollar question. I don't really even know what it is <laughs> because I do a lot of things and I don't really like to put titles to what I do or define it because I think that limits us in some way whenever we do that. But yeah, you're right. I was, I guess, a nutritionist for a grocery store here in uh, Western Pennsylvania. And then I left to just pursue this. I didn't exactly know how it was going to work out, but I knew that if I put the time and if I put the energy in, that things would start to work out. And it is. Um, And so originally my plan was to lead foraging walks, so almost guided nature walks, interpretive walks, take people out, not necessarily just showing them the edible and the medicinal plants, but helping them with trees, helping them with wildflowers, just pointing these things out. And I find that people really are interested in it. You know, a lot of people do like to get out and just walk through a park or take a hike sometimes, even if they're not interested in that kind of stuff. But once you do point out certain things, you do see their eyes light up, almost just like it's reawakening some biological seed inside of them that says, yeah, you know, as a species, we used to know all this stuff. And it does feel good to know this stuff as well. And so I just started taking people out and teaching them about acorns, for example, or the spring greens that are coming out, or how how to harvest wild fruits off of trees. But around the same time, I was getting pretty deeply involved with a personal project where I wanted to connect people who were teaching these skills, like myself, with those who were very interested in learning these skills. So the teachers and then the people who are very interested in learning from these teachers. And I found that there wasn't an easy way for people to do that because a lot of the naturalists out there, a lot of people who run state parks or environmental centers don't really have a large marketing budget or they don't have a strong team to help promote their services. And I thought, I want to fix this. I want to solve this problem because I want to learn this information. It's hard for me to find where these events are taking place. So with the help of web developers, and of course, I'm simplifying this dramatically because it took a lot of time, a lot of energy and effort. Um, But I created a database, which I mean, you're familiar with. We talk about it a lot called Learn Your Land, uh, which is a database and community of naturalists here in Pennsylvania who are teaching these skills. Um, And it's an easy way for people who want to learn these skills to go to this website, just search their area and search their topic of interest and um, essentially learn from the people who are teaching these skills so that they can further their knowledge. And it's 100% free. It's a free service. But I was kind of scratching my own itch with this because it's something that I wanted to see for myself and then share this information with other people. So I run that as well. And I do forage for certain things and uh, have a budding supplement line as well. So I do, I have, I'm doing all kinds of things right yeah. now, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Busy guy for sure. Uh, the interesting part about that to me is also your merging or blending of two real skill sets so you reference these other naturalists who probably have you know equally deep knowledge bases of whatever their topic whatever they're teaching people who they're taking on walks or they're leading seminars and and can educate people on but the the thing that you're really bringing to this niche that I see is the ability that the marketing, the digital brand building skills and and 
making sure that there are a full group of people showing up for each one of these walks. If you're charging them for it, you can't have like two people show up that you're not going to get fed. It's not going to be an effective use of your time for all the research and education that you've done for yourself. So I, we'll, we'll put that on the back burner, the, the brand building thing a little bit, and just talk a little bit more about you said you want to put in the hours and you are you know, marketing yourself as this expert who has to be able to teach people new things as the seasons change and, and give them real actionable knowledge. How do you go about building your skill set outside of visiting events that are on your uh, mm-hmm. list on your Learn Your Land site? Yeah, so that's how it did start. And I still recommend that. You know, if you're listening to this and you want to learn this information, one of the easiest ways is to attend an event led by somebody who knows this information. And so I do a lot of that, but you're right, that's not enough. <laughs> it takes a lot more uh, energy and effort. I wasn't really taught this in school. I didn't go to school for this. I mean, I took biology courses. I took chemistry courses. I took ecology courses. But you probably know. I mean, you probably didn't learn this stuff in school. Or at least if you learned it, it was really general. It wasn't like, let's go outside and let's interact with these plants growing in this park behind our school. It's more like, let's learn about plants that are growing in the desert. Or a plant that you could find, you know, in Europe or in New Zealand. I think the one time that we actually left the classroom to just explore nature was one time we went down to a creek and we <laughs> caught crawfish. <laughs> yeah. And hey, that's we, more than most people and, would ever and do. And we, like, l- brought them back in and, like, looked at them in our uh, aquariums mm-hmm. or whatever we had. And I think that... I don't know if we like cook them or not, but like somehow it was clear that, oh, this is also an edible thing, mm-hmm. which is crazy because it was right in our backyard. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, that's not the standard curriculum. Yeah. A lot of people don't even have that opportunity um, unless you attend a summer camp or something like that. So a lot of people ask me to, you must have went to school for this. And I didn't really, I went to school for nutrition. And so when I do teach the foraging classes, I bring a lot of the nutrition to the table. And I always tell them, outright right in the front you know we're going to talk about nutrition i hope that's okay but people are into it because nutrition is universal i mean we want to feel good we want to feel healthy so the food is a huge component of that but if you want to learn anything no matter what skill it is you have to do your own research you have to go above and beyond a library card's your best friend (laughs) i can't even tell you the number of books that i have out right now from the library just all these different plant guides all these different uh botany books all these different mushroom books And so it's a lot of self-education. It's a lot of dedicated time to mastering this craft. And I know we talk about this in our mastermind group. One of my goals is to master botany, master mycology. And botany is a study of plants. Mycology is a study of mushrooms. And then you press me, what does that mean? How are you going to do it? I'm like, that's a good question. And so I have to figure that out. Um, It's just a lot of reading. It's a lot of watching experts either online or going to their seminars, going to their programs. And spending a lot of time outside because you just can't do it in front of a screen. You can't just do it looking at a book. You actually have to go out there and spend a lot of time in that setting, in that environment, and hang out with people who know so much more than you if you want to learn something with any skill. They always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, get out. (laughs) Go to a room where there's just experts there and just soak it in whatever they are teaching. Um, Western Pennsylvania, we're so blessed here because there are a lot of nature clubs, nature organizations, 
led by professional botanists, led by people who are professional mycologists. And I just spend time in those environments and just let it soak into my skin that way. Yeah. And and the other thing that's really important to drive home to listeners is you are basically a professional speaker. Among among other things, you're leading walks where you're talking for a majority of a two-hour nature walk, answering any question that comes up, having a curriculum that you want to make sure everyone learns. And then you're also giving talks at you know different events, different clubs where you are one of these teachers. In order to warrant people's attention, in order to be able to actually educate them, you have to have a very deep knowledge base on that topic in order to be able to speak fluently and continue going articulately for 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. So I think that's a, that's a really important realization for people who, you know, maybe say like, oh, it'd be cool to be in some sort of public speaking profession or be an educator. The amount of research that you're doing, the amount of self-education you're doing is going to directly affect how valuable you are as a speaker and how viable that is as a career for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I love public speaking. I love doing that maybe five or six years ago. I knew that's the direction I wanted to go in. And it does help with what I'm doing right now because you're right. When I am leading these guided walks, it is essentially just like a walking public presentation, you know? It's interesting, though. It's mastering these subjects. It can be pretty difficult because there's just so much information out there. And I always say even – I mean, no offense to the, the botanist listening to this or if you have any mycologists listening to this. Even if you are a professional botanist or mycologist, you have to be comfortable knowing that you will never know everything. You will make mistakes. Even when you read field guides, there are mistakes written in there. Um, and so you, don't have, you can't beat yourself up when people ask you a question. You don't really know what it is. Uh, but one of the things that I didn't mention that I found valuable, and I know we've talked about this in our conversations, but whenever I try to learn a subject... I will dedicate maybe two months to it or three months to it and just read books just on that subject, three, four, five, six, seven different books on it, general books, very specific books, before moving on to the next topic. That way I'm not just kind of dabbling in little things here and there, but it's really going in on it. Yeah, I can definitely attest that. I think I feel like every time we'd show up to the Mastermind, if you were five to ten minutes early, every time you had a different book under your arm or something, or like mm-hmm. sneaking sneaking a couple seconds to read a few pages. So definitely can attest to that. I want to switch lanes here a little bit and talk about the digital brand building. So as you've mentioned, I think is very apparent, the naturalist space is not a space filled with natural marketers, people who really think about building a brand online and the value that that can have for them. So what I'd really like to start with is just you have YouTube videos that are out, you have an active Facebook page, your website, among other platforms that you're using to get email subscribers and get more people aware of Learn Your Land, of the foraging walks you're doing. How did you realize that this was something that was really important to the viability of this passion that you wanted to pursue, this career that you wanted to follow up on? That's interesting because I'm trying to get people outside, and I want to spend as much time as I can outside, yeah. away from technology. I mean, technology is great, don't get me wrong, in certain regards. But you're right, there's a balance there. you got to spend time behind the computer, but you also have to spend time outside. And I just realized, you know, I heard it a while ago. So many people have said it. You have to 
think about where are the eyes these days? Where are people? You don't see people. <laughs> you don't see as many people just hanging out in the woods. I can't fly her in the woods, right? I can't just pin up things on trees out yeah. there. There weren't too many people out there, relatively speaking. If you look around, where are the people's eyes? They're on their phones. They're not looking up at billboards. I'm not going to put things up on billboards these days. They're not necessarily watching too much TV either. It's literally online. That's where the people are. And the people who want to learn this information, they're online too. Everybody's online here in the United States at least. And so I figured I need to be on there as well if I want to make this the work that I do. And when you're in the woods, whoever you're meeting there, you're, you're basically preaching to the choir. That They're, they're right. already converted mm-hmm. to the power of being in nature and finding wild foods and, and having those types of experiences. And it's something that you're passionate about, maybe converting some people or re-exposing them to mm-hmm. that experience that you're enjoying so much. Yeah, you're right. So there are there are a few you know niche websites out there, and there are a bunch of Facebook pages, Instagram pages, Twitter accounts where people do post a lot of pictures of you know mushrooms and trees and plants, but not everybody follows those, and I, you probably don't, and a lot of people don't. And so whenever I start posting something on Facebook or Twitter, and maybe you don't follow those other pages, maybe it's refreshing to see a picture of a wildflower with a description on it, and it slowly gets people you know what is all this about? What is this Learn Your Land page about? And I guess it just starts to drip that way and people start getting involved that way. I mainly use Facebook, a little bit of Twitter, and YouTube as well. I don't use much of the other things right now just due to limited uh, technology that I own (laughs) currently. Um, But I find that it's working for me right now. Um, And I mainly use it as an educational platform. I don't go out and take selfies of myself. I mean, occasionally I'll throw my face in there so they know, hey, there's a person behind this. But it's almost all educational, just trying to teach people. And I always keep other people in mind but at the same time it also hones my skills in teaching i mean if you want to learn something teach it to other people it's i think gary vaynerchuk talked about i mean that's how he learns by teaching other people and i find that my skills are really being sharpened through these social media accounts because i have to do research Um, i have to put out credible information and everything that i do put out is very intentional it's never something just thrown up there really quick. I try to take beautiful photographs. I try to shoot uh, film as best that I possibly can and make them instructional, but also look very good. Because if you do scan you know, some of the YouTube videos or you do scan, scan uh, some people's accounts, you'll see it's not always the best quality that's out there. I mean, people do the best that they can, but I kind of wanted to make it more appealing for people by trying to put out great quality pictures and videos and information as well. And so that's why I'm using that kind of stuff. And it is working. That's why I'm able to get 20, 30, 40 people at a presentation sometimes or out on a walk without doing marketing otherwise, like simply through an email list, simply through Facebook or Twitter. And I think another thing that you benefit from when a picture gets shared or a video gets shared is that idea of you don't know what you don't know. And so you know, before I met you, I didn't even realize that there was this whole skill set around foraging and understanding the huge multitude of different types of mushrooms that are out there and and the effects that they could potentially have. And now that I know I don't know this, I'm really interested in in watching your YouTube videos and getting more of that information so that I can start to build a knowledge base and and be at least marginally educated on the topic. And that is, while simultaneously there's less awareness around foraging compared to plenty of the other stuff that fills up people's newsfeed that is is often crap. But at the same time, once people 
are aware that you're the guy who teaches this. Your name is synonymous with these foraging, botany, uh, naturalist skills. You're going to be the person that they look to when they decide, hey, I do want to want to learn this subject. I am ready to go on a foraging walk. I want to read more. I'm going to go to Adam's blog or Adam's YouTube channel and absorb that content and start to learn them learn the process yeah absolutely and you're right there's just a lot of filler out there these days and uh, i try my best not to make my information filler and not only capturing people's attention but you have to keep them on board you know if they just see your picture once and then they don't see it again they're less likely probably to come on one of your walks in the future and it's not just about hey come on my walk because i need to make money or it makes me feel good to see people there i really really want people to engage with the natural world in this way because it's just a part of being a human being we are human animals that's what we are we belong to the kingdom animalia we are animals we feel really good outside and it will make the world a better place the more that people interact with their land and so i really really try uh, i mean above everything else to really solidify that connection between them and their land Absolutely. Uh, That's such a great note to start wrapping up on. Uh, Before we start telling people how to connect with you and uh, you issue the personal challenge of the audience, if you could go back and talk to the Adam right before he quit his job to go pursue this, is there any specific advice that you would have given yourself to make the transition into this profession, this career a little bit easier? Um, I mean, I feel that everything's working out in perfect order right now. And I'm not one to like have regrets. Like I should have done something differently, but I guess if I would have said something to that person, what, two years ago, maybe um, I would have just said, Hey Adam, what you're doing right now, it is paying off because I was doing a lot of things where I wasn't seeing a lot of return on investment, but it felt really good to do it, to learn this information, to do this research, to, you know, tell my friends, you know, I can't go out on Friday night because I got to do this stuff. I can't just drop everything right now to go hang out with you. Maybe maybe next week. Give me a week and then I can come back out. But I've got to do this stuff. And I guess just keep doing it because it will be it will pay off. It will work out. Yeah. And that's and that's hard to do to re- recognize I'm going to read this book and maybe I don't really see the the payoff for 2 mm-hmm. years. You're used to things where well I just did that and I just got a nice dose of dopamine and it was it was great. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that same experience for sure. Yeah, it's a lot slower going. So if people want to learn more about you, check out Learn Your Land, or just find your digital coordinates, uh, where's the best place to find you in the digital world? So learnyourland.com is the most active website that I have right now. But I have the Facebook. It's just .com slash learnyourland, Twitter slash learnyourland, and YouTube. We've got videos there slash learnyourland. Cool. As always, that will be linked to in the show notes at goingdeepwitharen.com slash podcast, the best place to find the show notes for this and every episode of the show. But I want to give you the mic one last time, Adam, and let you take it away with a personal challenge for the audience. All right. So I have listened to your shows before. (laughs) I didn't know if you were going to ask me this one, though, because you didn't tell me. I guess my personal challenge, which is actually quite simple, it's not a challenge. It's really simple. It's essentially whoever, if you're listening to this, I encourage you to this year sometime, maybe even this month, because I don't know, will this be out maybe June? This will be out pretty soon, yeah. Okay. Attend a nature walk, a nature-based walk, but don't just attend one that, you know, is a hike or it's like a camping outing or just like a cookout, something like that. Attend one where somebody is going to teach you 
something about the natural world, whether it's trees, whether it's birds or butterflies or wildflowers or mushrooms. And mushrooms are some of my favorite things to learn. So maybe attend a mushroom walk and go with an open mind. You know, it might not stick the first time. It might not mean that much to you the first time. It all got started for me because eight, nine years ago, I attended a wild food walk. And it didn't stick with me overnight. It didn't, I didn't go on another wild food walk for about another year, two years. But it planted a seed inside of me. And I'll never forget that moment. And I owe a lot of what I'm doing right now to that moment. So attend a nature walk um, and try to learn a new skill related to the land. And if you're interested in learning more about these events, learn your land. If you're in Pennsylvania, you can check that out. And leave your cell phone in the car. Just yeah. just be, be out there without <laughs> any technology, just absorbing the... Uh, the beauty of nature. That was a great challenge, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to uh, share your story with the audience. It's a cool thing for me, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much. Hopefully, uh, we can do this again soon. Yeah. We just went deep with Adam Harridan. Hope everyone out there has a great day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I need you to hit that subscribe button. That way you can stay up to date with all of the really great forthcoming episodes. We've got authors focused on productivity. We've got Snapchat experts. We have a number of really hardworking, focused, driven entrepreneurs coming on to share their story and give you a bit of their wisdom. You do not want to miss it. So please make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you want to check out those show notes to this or past episodes, head over to goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast, and I will catch you next time.